What up, you Hanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking. What up, you Hanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast, bringing you your final dose of weird for this week. Hope uh, your week has been PDFG. That's pretty darn freaking good. Something I made up, and hopefully you've been able to ride the lightning, and it's been uh, ended in success for you sometime this week. That is wow. I can't speak right now. This is crazy, but all right. As we all know, uh, I think, I mean, we're witnessing real war in a real way with Russia invading Ukraine. And I mean, I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm not sure what to think of it. I obviously support Ukraine's right to independence and autonomy. So, but as far as like, should we get involved? I have no idea. I'm extremely uneducated on this. So I'm just sitting back, you know, everyone's throwing in their two cents. They should do this. They shouldn't do that. We should do this. We shouldn't do that. In general, I stand for, stand with countries right to be autonomous. And so here I stand with Ukraine, but a couple things, the, the stories that I want to hit on for this are the one the epic, heroic 13 Ukraine soldiers who stood up to an entire Russian warship. That's right. If you haven't heard about this. So there's a video. They have the audio of it. Basically, there's this tiny little island somewhere in... Let me pull it up. That would be the easiest thing. There's a tiny little island, basically, that's a strategic point. It's like less than a tenth of a square mile or something crazy like that. Super tiny. And there's it's part of the Ukrainian border patrol and this Russian warship. Yeah, so they were border guards. Uh, Snake Island is what it's called in the Black Sea south of Odessa. If you don't know where that's at, bring out your supercomputer smartphone and look it up. And then a Russian warship shows up. And so here's what's happening. I mean, I could play the audio, but it's in Russian, so there's no point. But let's see. Let's go to the beginning. So this Russian warship shows up. It says, this is a Russian warship. I repeat, I suggest you surrender your weapons and, cap- and capitulate. Otherwise, I will open fire. So warship. Do you copy? This is it. Said the border, and this is the border guards now. Should I tell him to go himself just in case? <laughs> just in case? Turns up volume. Russian warship, go yourself. <laughs> and then sadly, they all died because then the Russian warship attacked. But if that is not just the biggest cojones that I, you've ever heard of, then I don't know what to tell you because that is by far the part of my language one of the most bad dunkest things you can do and it's it's like you know we all sit back and we see it, we're like oh that's so cool but put yourself in that position you're on a tiny island and a warship calls you and says hey you need to surrender we're gonna fire you i mean you're severely outnumbered like no chance of survival it's like a tank showing up at your front door and being like hey you need to get out of your house you need to leave this is now our house uh we're gonna blast blast you point blank with this tank unless you get out of your house and you walk out on the front porch flipping them the bird and then Scottish style, mooning, lifting up your kilt, mooning them, Braveheart style. And then they blast you away. 
So some people might look at it and be like, that's just extremely stupid. Like, why would you do that? You'll survive. And it's like, well, you stood and you died for something. So honestly, heroes in their own right. And they've been now posthumously been awarded the, uh, the, the title or medal of hero from Ukraine's president. So as they should, because they are heroes in their own right. And we should all strive to be brave, <laughs> defiant men like them that is just incredible i've put the link to the instagram post in the description if you want to go see it for yourself so in other also i'm trying to say positive ukrainian news so there's now a ace fighter pilot for ukraine who has shot down six russian uh, pilots in the last day now being touted as the ghost of kiev so <laughs> And you can, I'll, I'll put the link to that story as well. Basically, I mean, what we're seeing is terrible and tragic. And so I'm trying to highlight the the bravery of the Ukrainian people. I mean, and now it's the president is issuing all the guns to the Ukrainian people. And, and all the men are volunteering to fighting. Former president is fighting the mayor of kiev who's a former fighter is gonna join the fight i mean this is you're seeing what what it looks like when uh you're seeing brave men in action so i mean i'm praying for the people of ukraine and i pray that this conflict doesn't blossom into a bigger conflict and i pray that uh, you know ukraine doesn't fall to russia and that if anything we could prevent it so personally, I think that anytime freedom is at stake, being the biggest, the big brother of the world and not in the negative sense, but just being, you know, the, the superpower in the world, we unfortunately, I think, have a part to play in all of it. And so even though it maybe doesn't directly affect us, which I think the classic, you know, superpower and call it superpower. Russia wants to be a superpower, but they're not. I don't. I. I don't buy that they're as much of a superpower as they think they are. But they still are powerful. Uh, when you see this, I mean, this takes me back to the Cold War. And a great series is the Cold War. What we saw. It's a podcast series done by Bill Whittle, and it breaks down. I mean, starting from World War II and covers the entirety of it, and talks about how it was the struggle between communism, so in Soviet Russia, and freedom. Uh, via America and the West and how that we think, oh, you know, bygones be bygones. You can do your thing over there. We'll do our thing over here. And that actually for freedom to prevail is it, 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 there needs to be an offensive of it and it needs to hold, hold it back. And because otherwise, if, if they don't, if you stand passively by and, and allow freedom to be pushed back eventually we'll be on your doorstep and we will have to face it you know so i think i think in some way shape or form we should prevent ukraine from falling to russia i think that is key and so offering them aid personally that's just my super ignorant personal opinion but i really don't know i'm more just soaking everything up and trying to figure things out i mean so there's it, it's tough to tell but i'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the whole situation I think what we're seeing is, you know, clearly horrible and some people are saying, oh, you know, it's overblown to say this is going to turn into World War Three," and other people are saying this is exactly what's going to happen and I just think we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But also seeing the thing, you know, seeing lots of tweets where it's like, when, me as a kid, man, I wonder what it's like to live through 
historical, uh, major historical events. Me now. Oh, wow. This sucks. And I think that sums it up perfectly, right? Oh, my gosh. And now we're seeing that Kiev could fall in, de- in a matter of days, which I hope is not the case. But I don't know. I, I have a stance of Gandalf defending Ministerith, the Battle of Pelennor Fields, where they're clearly outnumbered, outmatched, but he musters them and, you know, is has a staunch stance of fighting to the last man and, and fighting relentlessly and ruthlessly. And they, they do come out on top and help does come. And I think that's kind of where we're in a situation right now. Like America's Aragorn with the dead army a little bit. And it's like, look, we could come in and solve this. And of course, though, you know, we don't want to break out an all out war with Russia, but it's like, I don't know the way I see it. If you're the biggest kid on the playground and you notice some medium sized kid starting to pick on some small kid and it's like, well, that's none of my business. I'm going to let it go by. Right. Well, I think it's only going to embolden that, <clears throat> that other kid who's picking on it. We need to go over there and stop that. Right. You need to, that needs to be stopped. But then there's the non-intervention aside. I have no idea. So that's why we are going to now shift and everyone's talking about this and seeing the updates. And it's it just, it's just crazy. Like I really don't have words. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's awesome. It's horrible. It's all these things. It is just crazy and shocking. So I think now more than ever, there's prayer is needed. If you are keeping up with in domestic news, if you keep me up with the freedom convoy, I am sharing it's the people or the people's convoy USA on Instagram. And I'm sharing a lot of their stuff though. They're in Arizona today and then tomorrow they'll be, and they'll be, or they're making their way, I think to New Mexico or right on the border of New Mexico, and then tomorrow they're going to get to the border of like Texas. And then Sunday they're, oh wait, I don't know. I'm confused. Sunday they're going through Oklahoma. That's all I know. So if you're an Okie and they will be going through Oklahoma City, I'm assuming around midday. So be on the lookout for that. Really, really cool footage though. And I think it's going to be something that's really good. So we're going to talk about other random stuff because, you know, this is a dose of weird here. So I just wanted to give my first initial thoughts on that very serious, very heavy situation. Uh, there's lots of videos, too, going around of, like, missiles. It's kind of crazy because I've watched, like, World War II in color. And you know that, like, Europe got decimated and bombings and whatnot. In America, we've never really had that. And... And it's one thing, I think, to see it and be like, yeah, this happened during World War II or this happened and, you know, you see videos of Vietnam or whatever that, you know, decades ago. But then to see it and realize this is ha- this happened yesterday in in a place like I'm seeing this is happening right now somewhere in the world is just it's wild. That's all I know how to say. It. That's all I know how to describe it. it. It's breathtaking. I mean, I watched and there's some serious graphic stuff and some horrifying stuff. So. Tread with caution, but I think at the same time, modern technology allowing us to see, you know, like this is, this is a, you know, this is what war and conflict looks like and how brutal and violent it is. And I don't know. I, I hope that it is, it is not continued. It's not break out to anything worse. And I, and I hope Ukraine stands. So in funny political news, we see things like Occupy Democrats and I'll see if I can post a link to their tweet too, where they, they're, they're, they're doing, it's the whole flip-flopping meme where it's like they show a tweet from year, two years, several years ago, and they show a tweet now and you're totally flip-flopped. And it's one about how citizens shouldn't own AR-15s. And then, like yesterday, they tweet, and this is from a year or two ago, and then yesterday they tweet about 
oh, Ukrainians are, are being armed. We need to stand with Ukrainians and their freedoms and their right to arms. It's like, whoa, 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 wait. So locally, you're saying, you're saying, uh-uh, we don't need guns. No, 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 no. You don't need guns. This is, uh, guns are dangerous and violent. And then, but then when Ukraine, we see, you know, Ukraine get invaded, they're like, arm them all. <laughs> and it's just funny because the cognitive dissonance there is so hilarious because you don't understand that us in America here, everyone being armed and, you know, having more guns than people keeps us is actually a deterrent from things like this happening. Then we don't have to be in a situation where it's like, oh, the government needs to hand out guns to everybody uh, because there are plenty of guns. I'm not saying that they shouldn't or, 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 you know, that in that situation they shouldn't do that because I think they should distribute automatic weapons like what they're doing in Ukraine. But yeah, having a well-armed population helps jumpstart this process. But uh, crazy times we're living in. So, all right, on to dose of weird stuff. Heard a funny conversation. Oh, and I forgot to look this up, but I was at Whole Foods, you know, doing Whole Foods stuff, getting spending 100 bucks and getting, you know, three little tiny containers of organic nuts or whatever you get and you know two kombuchas and it's like oh there goes my whole paycheck and this will this will act as a good afternoon snack today and that's it (laughs) Uh, one of my favorite jokes is that maybe it's jim gaffigan i i if i I credit i can't remember if it's jim gaffigan i think it is but if not i'm sorry Uh, this is not my joke though where he's like i get why they call it whole foods because you spend your whole paycheck or (laughs) You know, it's like you walk in and you, it's like, give give us your whole wallet and you can get three things. <laughs> it's like, oh, $400, you can get three things. And <laughs> it's true though. But I mean, I think it's, I, I'm realizing the importance of getting quality, locally sourced if possible foods and, and fresh foods to support the more regenerative stuff. And I know I'm, maybe you're like, oh, you crazy hippie, liberal, and it's like, no, 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 I just believe in fresh is better than that, you know, the pendulum is swinging back, it swung the industrial revolution, it was like, we need to be able to mass produce meat and grains and things like that, and then now it's swinging back, where it's like, people want their stuff free range, pasture raised, grass fed, all that good stuff, so it's important, but anyways, I was at Whole Foods, and I was checking out, and you know, if you're a Prime member, you get some discounts, so I got, I got like a buck off. I was like, cool. I'll, I mean, I'll take a discount where I can get it. But sometimes it's kind of silly where they're like, you'll get some discounts. And I go to like Safeway or Homeland, you know, one of those locally owned chains where they have little rewards and it's like, you can get the discount. It's like, you save 75 cents. And I was like, whoa, cool. 75 cents on my $87 that I just spent on groceries. Thank you so much. It's like last year when the white house tweeted the average july 4th barbecue is down 16 cents when every when everything else it you know rose by like multiple dollars and then so i don't remember the exact number but you know say on average all prices went up five percent or ten percent and it's like we save 16 cents you save 0.00 like the equivalent of like 0.03 percent it's like ah it was in bad taste and they were it was idiotic on their part. It was one of those it was one of those really tone deaf moments. Like as someone who can't sing, I understand it. And you start singing, everyone starts looking at you like you are way off. And it's like I had no idea that was that was the White House in that situation. But at Whole Foods, Prime Amazon member, and there's a there's an older gentleman bagging, and it's a younger girl checking checking out. Um, I almost said checking me out, and I was like, hold on now, I'm married. Also, that just sounds weird. But yeah. 
cashier and they get on the subject of or he he mentions that oh i got a call from amazon saying my account had been suspended and and he he goes but the trick is he goes i don't have an amazon account and then so i'm this is silently in my mind but i kind of look over and like huh my ears perk up you know but i'm holding i'm holding my poker face because obviously i don't want to be like whoa but he and she goes oh yeah me either and she goes, people people don't believe it because they say everyone has an Amazon account. And then my first thought is, hold on. You work at Whole Foods, which I believe is owned by Amazon, or at least in significant partnership with Amazon. So you basically work for Amazon, but you don't have an Amazon account. And then I start thinking about you know the premise and the culture of Whole Foods and the type of people it would attract. And I was like, it kind of checks out that the type of people who, and this isn't in a disparaging way, but the type of people who would work at Whole Foods would be the same type of people that would be like, I only shop local. I don't. I don't do Amazon because of X, Y, and Z or whatever, you know. Or they just, they just like to be contrarian like that, you know. They're cool hipster kids, or they're just contrarian, whatever it may be. But then it's just, it's just very to me. It's very ironic and hilarious that it's like the company of Whole Foods that you work for, and you know, because it kind of fits your culture and and the culture that Whole Foods puts forth is one that would attract these type of people and workers would then be bought out and in partnership with Amazon, the big evil corporate enemy. And, and, you know, my wife was like, well, Whole Foods really is corporate now. And I'm like, and that's the thing too, that I don't like is being tagged as being corporate is uncool. Is you sold out? And I don't necessarily believe it. I think Whole Foods is fine. I think Amazon is fine. They both have their problems, but still use them both. But it was just really funny to me because it's almost like working for a car dealership and not buying, not owning a car. Now I'm not saying, it's almost like working for a Chevy and driving a Honda, which is kind of funny, but it's more, I think it's more similar to like, I work, I'm a car salesman, but I don't, I don't believe in drive. I believe in public transportation. I mean, personally, if I, if I went to a dealership and they were like, yeah, I'm a car salesman, but I, I only do public. I'm like, Oh, what do you drive? I don't drive. I public transit only an Uber. I would say, well, that's kind of weird. I don't think I want to talk to you anymore. And I, I, I can't believe it's one of those where it's like, you kind of got to practice what you preach, I guess, to a certain extent, you know, and it's like a gun salesman being anti-gun almost not really, not really, because you don't have to have an Amazon account to work at Whole Foods. But I was, I was curious to be like, do, well, do you get a discount or I feel like that would just come with your employment. But anyways, what I was mentioning, what I forgot to look up was how, what the extent of that partnership is. And I don't remember if or I don't know, I know they're, you know, you can pick stuff up. I don't know if Amazon bought Whole Foods or they're just in partnership. I don't know. So we're going to find out real quick. Okay, can confirm. There's a little time skip there. I stopped so I could type. (laughs) Amazon does own Whole Foods. They bought them for $13.7 billion. So, yes, these people literally work for Amazon, essentially, by working for Whole Foods, but are like, yeah, I don't have an Amazon account. Now, once again, they did not talk about their motives for not having it. One guy was old, and so I'm like, it could just be an old person thing. You know, old people sometimes don't get that stuff. Other girl was young, and I assume these are all just my personal assumptions. You know, it's like they can have their own reasons, and those reasons are fine. And I'm also not saying that you have to have an Amazon account to work at Whole Foods, but it's just like you, if you, if you do espouse the... Well, I only shop local and, you know, Amazon and, you know, I don't like Amazon because they mistreat their warehouse work or whatever, you know, and you, you have something against them, ideological, politically, philosophical, whatever. 
well, maybe you should really consider the fact that you work for Amazon <laughs> at that point by working for Whole. You might say, oh, no, I work for Whole Foods. Amazon bought Whole Foods. And they've intertwined the two. So it was just really funny to me hear that conversation because I definitely felt like, oh, okay, so it's like, yeah, I don't really... Because now on the other hand, it could just be, I don't know, they just don't really care for it. And they, there's no real, real rhyme or reason. It's just they just don't have an Amazon account, right? And they don't really, it's just something they never got and they've lived without and so they continue to live without, right? And it'd be perfectly innocent like that. So I'm not going to attribute it either way. It was just hilarious to me. And uh, let me know what you think of that. If you think my comparisons were apt or if you have other examples of that, I would love to hear them. So, because I'm very much, if you, you guys know me, I'm very much a person of like, I'm not going to recommend or sell you something that I don't personally believe in. So when you hear me and you hear me get fired up, it's like, sounds like a real salesman. Well, I just sound like that because I'm intense and passionate about it. Like, for example, no sponsors here, but I will recommend certain things. Like, I think my Raycon fitness earbuds are incredible. I've got them a couple months, a month or two ago when we moved here. Been amazing. I would recommend to anyone. Cutco knives also would recommend them to anyone. I also do sell those. Just a personal disclaimer. And and yes, there are plenty of good knives out there, and you could just get some cheap knives and and be quality, you know, keep them sharp and take really good care of them. Like I have I know some people that do that. Uh, my personal pitch for Cutco knives is A, they're very quality, they're guaranteed for life, and ready for this American made. So you're supporting supporting American manufacturing, which I apparently the older I get, I don't know if it's just a product of being old and you're like, I want stuff made in America. Or or it's just my perspective has shifted with the pandemic and seeing the supply chain shortages. I don't know what it maybe it's a combination of things. I really don't honestly know all my motivations for this, but I do believe that I do appreciate and seek out. I'm willing to spend more money if it means, hey, this product was made in America. Now, it doesn't mean I'm over here being like, you shouldn't buy Nike or you shouldn't buy all this. And, you know, I'm being a total hypocrite. Yeah. And you can feel free to point that out. Be like, well, you see, you have all this stuff is made in China. You know, your iPhone and your, your MacBook, probably this Blue Yeti microphone. I mean, half the stuff I own. And it's, and that's fine. It is what it is, right? We just go with it. But that was my funny Whole Foods story. That I very much enjoyed. Also recently, if you haven't heard, Truth Social, which is Trump's social media platform, has released. They've been bombarded. It, it was it re- jumped to number one on the charts. And I attempted to join. I'm on the wait list. I am number 400. Let me, let me pull up the exact number. I want to be accurate here. 421,258. There's a little refresh button to see, you know, if I moved up in line in all week, I haven't moved up in line at all. So that's good. Babylon B had a funny article headline that was like Trump staying up all night, removing truths, true social uh, posts that make fun of him. <laughs> and which, first of all, does offer the, the consolation, the Babylon B will make fun of anyone and everyone. And they make plenty of Trump jokes and they're pretty great. But secondly, Truth Social, I saw this somewhere. They were like, Truth Social, the logo is a giant T. And now it's not Trump Social, it's Truth Social, right? But 
I think in classic Trump fashion, he has managed to, of course, you know, put a make it so it's oh, it's a giant T pointing back to what Trump feeding into that ego. I mean, look, dude is self-absorbed and we're kidding ourselves if we try and say that he's not. And I think on one hand, I forget who says it, but they say, like, look, part if you want to be president, maybe it's Joe Rogan who who makes his point. He's like, you have to be a little bit like narcissistic. You have to believe in yourself, believe that you are the person for this job. And so there's a certain type of personality. It's kind of like how, you know, Michael Jordan is arguably the best ever, but he was a real butthole in a lot of ways because of his hyper competitiveness and things and was extremely abrasive. But I had this conversation the other night with some people, but when you look at what it takes to be the best at the level that Michael, you know, that MJ was MJ is like, you have to be that hyper competitive and, and that abrasive, like there, you, there are some bad that comes with the good to reach a certain level of success in whatever areas you're in. And that can, you know, that can be hard to stomach, but I think that's just the truth of things. Ha ha bing, true social. So I have no idea what the platform's like or what the layout is like because I am still in the waiting. I'm still in line for it. Thank goodness it's just virtually. I'm not having to wait outside Apple all night for the new iPhone like we had to do years ago. Although it was kind of cool that things operated that way. And now they just do online drops and different things. But I don't know. Yeah, I I, I was like, eh, what the heck? I, at first, I had no interest in joining it. but then, But then I thought, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. See what this is about. If nothing else, it's going to be a bun- bunch of Trumpers and the, who feel, well, who will be, not vindicated, who will who will feel empowered to be able to speak totally freely. And I think it'll make for some wild, wild west internet that I'm very excited just to sit back, read, and enjoy, and witness, right? Because, you know, they're censoring on, that's the big that the big issue with big tech is all the censoring and different things, particularly with Twitter and people got to, and YouTube, people got to choice, choose their words carefully. I mean, I stopped from putting COVID in the episode title where I interviewed my sister talking about being in college through COVID. And I almost put like COVID or pandemic in the title. And I thought, I don't want to get like hit by Spotify now with a COVID warning. And so you know, it's very carefully navigating. So it's, it's always fun to be in a place where people can feel like they speak freely. And so I'm excited to, to, to just to see the madness that ensues because I'm, I'm tired. I'm personally tired of seeing the censorship. Like if you want to let people be wild, let people be wild. Obviously there are some parameters, but I think they, they mirror or mimic or are the parameters of legality and law, you know, obviously not breaking the law. And I think doxing people is bad, but just letting people say what they what they think. Oh man, I'm excited. And of course, you know, Trump's going to be like Tom from MySpace. Everyone, the first friend you had on MySpace was Tom. I would not be surprised if True Social. This is my prediction: is that when I when I finally get to join and jump on the platform, once I'm further up in line through this line, I I will not be. I don't know how it works, but I'm assuming there. You know, it's going to work how most of them work. We have followers. I without a shadow of doubt, believe that I will automatically be following Trump (laughs) or at least like truth, social truth, social themselves, you know, just like Tom was your first friend and only friend on MySpace, And, and honestly, I want this to be as Trumpy as possible just for the memes. Cause I think it's hilarious. Like before you have a profile picture, you know, Twitter has, it's, it's a little bird or an egg 
if you don't have a profile picture, I want it to be a little silhouette, golden silhouette of, of, of the side view of Trump's head. That would be so funny. It'll probably just be like a T or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll just see how, how Trumpy Truth Social is. Uh, if you Are you on the list? Let me know. And curious to know what your thoughts or predictions are. Are you going to join? Are you totally against it? I think this is... This is a good thing overall to have more platforms, to have more uh, market diversity, if I want to call it that. And, and I hope these platforms do get as big. Obviously, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook are still king. But with all the increased censorship and questions around, uh, you know, it's no longer free. It's no longer the Internet. It's no longer just a free marketplace of ideas. Twitter's extremely toxic. I use it for... I mean, it's sometimes good to get like live update news, but it's but mainly I just try and laugh at it and have a good time. Don't really get too deep on there because it's only what 280 characters, and it's the meaningful discussions don't happen on Twitter. They could get spurred by to initiated on Twitter, meaning you see something and you're like, hey, you DM them, you have a meaningful discussion, and then you sit down and have a podcast about it, and that could be meaningful. But yeah, anyways, joined Truth Social. In line, curious to see how it pans out. Hopefully, I'm automatically following Trump when I am on when you get put on True Social. That is my hope, but we'll see. And because I have Gitter, and Gitter's okay. It, I'm in these really. They're using the Gitter is a Twitter format, and I don't know if True Social will be. But and there was Parler, and I had that too. But I I, I think. I, I especially I got on Gitter and I was like I don't know who to follow I don't know who's on here and so building that initial following is kind of tricky and I'm still I don't think I have any followers on there I don't really use it I kind of go there for updates follow the people's convoy on there so that's cool but I don't really do much on there so I don't know I think it's tough do you think that any of these social medias will actually sh- will actually take off or do you think it's just going to be a right wing um, <laughs> big tech bash session and just a meme party of a bunch of right-wing people just flying off the handle, which I think, nonetheless, would be entertaining at the very least. I'm excited to get on there and say some wild stuff. We'll see. But I also think it would be hilarious if you said mean things about Trump, you got scrubbed, or those got scrubbed or censored. Now, philosophically, I think that's a problem. You shouldn't do that. But it would be hilarious because we would all know it would be so obvious, right? And then... <laughs> I'd be curious to hear what his reasoning would be and what he would say, but, oh, man, it'd be funny. Nonetheless, Trump manages to continually be a cultural icon either in a famous way or an infamous way, and you have to be impressed at the very least. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but I know I tweeted this out on my personal page, and I did a little quick deep dive and it really wasn't that deep of a dive. It was really one of those pools. that's no diving. It was no diving. If you dive, you're going to hit your head on the bottom of the pool and break your neck and die or be a quadro or paraplegic. So it's one of those that you definitely just want to step into because it's a pretty shallow pool, pretty quick read. But earlier this week I was wondering, I was like, man, I wonder what the history of dryer sheets is. What, what does that look like? How did they come to be? How do we get to dryer sheets? And, you know, it had to be a pretty recent invention because it's not long ago. People using washboards in the river and tubs and whatnot and just using lye soap and things are pretty rough. So, I mean, Tide Pods are pretty new, right? Pretty new, pretty poppable and delicious if I might. Just kidding. Don't eat Tide Pods. But it is something that is pretty, pretty new. So here we go. How do they work? How do they come to be? And... 
what happened. So basically, early 1900s, when they started having detergent and whatnot, they noticed that they, when they would wash things with a detergent, it would cause, it would damage the fabric threads and cause them to dry out and have problems. And so that's when fabric softer got invented, got invented to prevent the buildup of static charges on clothes, which can make them uncomfortable to wear, right? And it can make them stiff and hard. So the basic dryer sheets were invented in when? The 1930s. To counteract the effects of synthetic detergents. So fabric softeners contain positively charged or cationic groups. These cationic groups attach to the negatively charged surface of the fibers in your clothes by electrostatic attraction and neutralize the negative charge on the surface. So there we go. I mean, we all know about dryer sheets and preventing static electricity. Now you know the in-depth science behind it, right? How were they invented? So the liquid fabric softeners are positively charged. They must be added during the rinse cycle, or they can react with negatively charged surfactants in the detergent and form salts by precipitation when added to the wash cycle. So basically, they would wash, and when it would go into the rinse cycle, they would have to stop it, add the fabric softener there, so it was a timing thing, and then finish that, and then you could put them in the dryer, right? Otherwise, it would damage your clothes and have problems, right? So... This problem baffled Conrad J. Geyser, a chemist experienced with soap and detergent chemistry. How in the world do you get into soap and detergent chemistry? As like, you go in, I can't imagine that's where you thought you'd end up. Going into chemistry, you think, I'm going to be a rocket scientist, or I'm going to, you know, work on the next Manhattan Project, and or the Manhattan Project, sorry, at that time, it was the 1930s. And you end up being the expert on <laughs> soap and detergent chemistry. But hey... Dude, dude invented dryer sheets. So, I mean, that's a huge invention. I'm always fascinated by these th- daily things that are were revolutionary inventions like dryer sheets in their own right, right? So, to save, and this is an important note. What prompted this? Happy wife motivation. You know, they say happy wife, happy life. This dude wanted to help his wife out. And I think women... So just go to show you women driving forth the best inventions, okay? And innovation is driven by women. He saw his wife and he was like, she shouldn't have to do this. What is the, what is the problem here? I'm a, I'm an expert in soaps and detergents and, and the chemistry behind it, so I'm going to figure this out, right? So to save his wife the effort of going down the stairs in his multi-story house to catch the final rinse cycle to add fabric softener, he created dryer sheets by treating small pieces of cotton flannel with fabric softener. So basically, he got cotton flannel and then treated it with fabric softener. When put in the dryer along with the wet laundry, the heat and moisture warmed up the softener and allowed it to spread on the clothes. Now, it wasn't until 1969 that Geyser received a U.S. patent for his invention of dryer sheets, and he called his prototype, which I wish they were still called this today. I, I'm so sad that we now call them dryer sheets because this is the best. Tumble puffs. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm calling them from now on. Tumble puffs. Should I make a sticker that says I heart tumble puffs? Because I think that'd be hilarious. So you tell me. Should I make a sticker of it? But we'll see. So absolutely. And when we shifted from, oh, they're, they're dryer sheets. No, 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 no. Tumble puffs. Go get a box of tumble puffs. Maybe I should make a line of dryer sheets called tumble puffs and it can take off. Even though dryer sheets, I mean, bounce and gain and bounce, all these places you know you can buy a thousand thing of dryer sheets anyways he then sold the rights to proctor and gamble who perfected the product and launched it in 1975 so this is an invention that took (laughs) 
40 years to be commercialized roughly. So that's a long, and, and for think about that for dryer sheets, the things that we know today are tumble puffs, modern day tumble puffs are, was 40 years in the making, which means, I mean, it started, I'm sure sh- extremely rudimentary and, but man, to get the patent. So it really deters me from inventing anything substantial like that because you think it's something so minuscule. How hard could it be to invent drive? You know, you think five, 10 years max and boom, you're off the road running and no. And I am curious personally, and I'm not going to look this up right now because we're already too deep in this podcast, but how much he sold the rights to Procter and Gamble for, because I hope it was not a situation where he got paid like five grand and was like, cool, I can go buy a new car and that's it. And then now the dryer sheet, you know, the tumble puff industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. I'm sure it's part of big laundry, which I, which is definitely billion, billions and billions of dollars every year with all the pods and different things you can do. So it's interesting, right? And then it goes in to talk about the, the chemistry. So basically it's pod detergent causes positively charged ions and the dryer sheets come in with their negative charge ions and neutralize it to keep your clothes nice and soft smelling good keep them from being stiff and brittle so it's pretty cool right and the interesting fact that i did not know they said our dryer sheets suitable for all laundry i assume they were they make the, everything smell good but maybe this is why maybe i've screwed up some of my clothes now the answer is no Dryer sheets and fabric softeners will reduce the absorbing capacity of towels. Okay, so I've ruined all my towels. They can also damage microfibers commonly used in towels. Similarly, dryer sheets will reduce the moisture absorbing capacity of athletic sportswear, nylon, spandex, etc. So I've ruined all so many of my clothes. The waxy coating from the dryer sheets will also reduce the flame retardant capacity of clothing, and hence it should not be used on children's clothing. I don't have kids yet, but that is great to know because, okay, if you don't want your kids to spontaneously combust and catch on fire, make sure to not use dryer sheets, okay? Because otherwise they will. They'll go out in the sun, boom, clothes catch on fire. So dryer sheets actually have a lot of side effects, like prescription drugs. Is this Why are they not disclaimed? Why is this not disclaimed? Okay, am I the only one who got almost no laundry training and is still to this day very laundry ignorant about a lot of things? You know, our parents, I think, used to do... Uh, you know, colors and, and whites, which is politically incorrect <laughs> to, and Tosh Bruno has a great joke where he's like, he's like, yeah, he goes, I, he goes, I like to be uh, sensitive. And so he goes, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say colors and whites when I'm doing my laundry. He goes, I do a load of darkies, <laughs> a load of white. Oh, it's so funny. Hopefully they don't get canceled for that, but I'm quoting someone anyways. Yeah. Other than laundry, dryer sheets can be used as insect repellents. Interesting to remove musty smells from books and Air fresheners for scrubbing shower walls to remove soap scum. Interesting. And pet hair from furniture. Wow, I had no idea. So, A, there's not enough disclaimers about the risks and how much dryer sheets can actually damage your clothes, which is interesting. But I think overall they do help. But then also alternative uses, off-label uses to continue using medicinal terms. Wow, scrubbing shower walls. I don't know if I'm going to try any of this. But if you know of alternative uses, I knew they made things smell nice. And I never thought about, though, you know, those old musty book smells, just putting some dryer sheets in there and soaking that up. That's pretty good. I knew about like anti-static treatment or I even thought about you know, keeping them in my duffel bag or putting them in your in your stinky gym shoes to help get some of that that smell out. So that's pretty cool. But there you have it, folks. The history of tumble puffs. And that is what I will forever call them from now on. And we should all call them that. Join me. I 
well, as the as the head Hanyak and leader of the Hanyak Horde, uh, this is an order that we are the Hanyak Horde is to only refer to drier sheets to help non Hanyaks or non Horde members understand what we're talking about once, but they are forever to be referred to as tumble puffs. If you don't abide by that, you will be kicked out of the Horde. So just let it be known and. That's just the rules of being in the Hanya Court. So, yeah, join me in the Tumblepuff Revolution. That might that that might be the title of this episode. So, I mean, you already know. But there you have it, folks. Now, curiosity is stemmed. That tide has been stemmed. Has been that fire has been quelched. Has been put out. I don't know. Has been managed. I, the 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 hunger of curiosity has been satisfied. Maybe that's the best thing. You know, kind of being curious is like being hungry, and you eat some food, and you're all better, right? Ate some intellectual food here about the tumble puffs and a big thank you to <clears throat> Conrad J. Geyser and his wife who really spurred it on and his love for his wife to make her life easier. So once again, women spurring inventions and men taking all the credit. The patriarchy is evil. You know, all the good stuff, right? The classic stuff. So this is a, a <laughs> dryer sheets. Sh- sorry, tumble puffs should be credited to a woman, but really the man takes all the credit and we don't even get his, his wife's name outside of being Mrs. Geyser, but good job, Conrad. I mean, I'm sure he did all the actual labor and work of doing this. She, she didn't see a problem with it. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't, but he saw a problem with it. So I don't know where we stand on this, but good job all around 45 years of work. I hope he died a millionaire or at least was extremely wealthy from that 40-year-long endeavor. I can't even imagine. This is from projectbrainlight.org. Link is in the description. You can read the very short article for yourself and look into the the specific chemistry of it that I kind of skipped over for the most part. Yeah, did you know about those about not to use dryer sheets with your towels and your certain athletic wear and children's clothing? I had no idea. Did you also know about the alternative uses? I knew about a couple of them, but not the shower walls and pet hair thing. Did not know about that. Insect repellents, I want to say I've heard that before, but didn't realize that. So instead of having use off, just uh, pin some shower, some shower, some, some tumble puffs to the inside of your clothes. Or I guess you could just maybe tape them to your arms. Because I think that that's a little bit more palatable than having to get all greasy with insect repellents. So just, yeah, just cover your arms in them. Or... You know, when you get to the hike or camping, just take out some dry sheets. I'm, I wonder if you can just rub them all over your body. Then you'll smell nice. Might get a little staticky, but bugs won't bite you. That one I'm going to test out come summer, and I will let you know. Hopefully, I'll be able to follow up. But, all right, better close it out there. I don't know how I squeezed 42 minutes out of this episode. I'm always surprised. What a what a hanyak, right? I'm always surprised. I can't believe I talked this long. But my whole shtick is I talk for forever and can talk for forever about anything, as you saw in today's episode of Weird. And so, once again, I will fall back on my wife's wonderful observations. Like, do you really believe you can do things shorter? Like, you can talk less? Things, she's specifically referring to our newsletter that we do. And she's like, I'm always like, ah, I think this one's going to be kind of short. And then it's not, just as long as all the other ones. She's like, did you really think that you could make it shorter? And I was like, I don't know. A fool, a Hanyak's hope. That's what it is, right? I'm, honestly, I sat here for 10 minutes before recording today. And I was just not feeling it. And of course I was been, you know, all this Ukraine stuff kind of brings the mood down and it's tough, but I was just, I don't know. I just don't feel like talking. I had these couple notes lined up and, and I looked up the dryer sheet thing and, but 
I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, I'm going to get on. This is going to be 15 minutes because I'm just, and I'm going to have a somber tone and it's going to be real annoying. Yet here I am, energized as ever, talkative as ever, dragging this out as long as ever. And it's one of those things, though, I think this is classic back and forth. You get up to it. It's kind of like the writer's block. It's like, I don't know what to say. But once you start writing, you can just go, right? And that's me. Once I start talking, I can just keep going. So better close it out here, though, and wrap this show up. So Rachel, start the timer now for my Norwegian goodbye. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in for this dose of weird. Hopefully it keeps you pdfg as you go into your weekend i hope it's a wonderful weekend remember new series that we've got two episodes ago was the first one it's blessings born out of tragedy and we are looking at stories of struggle tragedy catastrophe whatever you want to call it but basically something hard or bad that happened to you that ultimately brought blessings out of that and what blessings came out of that for my sister she going into college uh she was a freshman and coat and covid hit and she has a specific, uh, she has a specific way she has to learn. It's uh, it's we the the best way to describe it is call it a, a learning disability, but it's not really a disability. It's just her brain literally only processes. We all have our our strengths and how we learn. It's like I'm best auditory, but I can still kind of learn these other ways. It's her brain says I can only learn auditory, right? I can't and I don't process things, and so that's that's just how her brain is wired. And so going virtual was an extreme struggle and she had some bad professors that got real lazy too. So we, uh, but that's two episodes back and you can go check it out. We, we, we spent about an hour talking about, she tells her story and her experiences. And then she talks about the things that she learned from it and how she learned that, you know, how strong she actually is and where her limits actually are and how important to support having, having people who, who will support you and stand with you and encourage you throughout and, and what, you know, are certain friends and family were willing to do for her and it's a really powerful story and so I think in this world a lot of times we just you know highlight the tragedy too much but I think too a lot of times some of the best blessings or biggest blessings or biggest lessons can come out of tragedy and uh, I've got a couple other lined up coming hopefully soon in the next uh, month or month or two some some really good powerful stories I'm really excited about so if you have a story or know someone who has a story or just know a story that you know shows blessings that are born, you know, that is a tragic situation, but that blessings came out of her actually down the line, you know, this wouldn't, this great thing wouldn't have happened if, if these three horrible things had happened. Uh, the, the one that has been top of mind for me has been the story of Joseph, you know, sold into slavery, gone into Egypt, accused of sexual assault, but without all those horrible things happening, he wouldn't have risen to prominence and been able to save his family, which was the precursor for the nation of Israel and, uh, allowed God's promise to continue to flourish, but it's through those tragedies that put him in a position to be able to do that. So I want that to be in a, a message of encouragement too. that for anyone who's going through any serious struggles right now or hard times is that you may not be able to see it and, and the, the end may not be in sight, but just trust and, and look for those, those blessings that'll possibly come out of it. At the very least struggle makes us stronger. And that's something that we can always take away, but you may not see it now and it may take five years. It may take 10 years. It may take five months to, to get to where you see you're in a position. It's like, wow, without that, I wouldn't have been able to do this or be here in this position. And I see now, and that's the unfortunate hard truth about life though. Sometimes you really got to get through the crap to be able to see, to look back and see the flowers and see the fruits and see the good things. Because at the time when we're walking, when we're trudging through the mud, that's all we're, we're seeing where our feet are stepping. So we don't see, 
go into a sinkhole or misstep and we have to watch our feet. But once we're through the mud, we can look back and look up and see, wow, there were a bunch of beautiful plants and animals and enjoy all the flora and fauna of the place that we just had to get through and can see. And being on the other side too, we might be in a place where the view is much better than where we were before. So to get all... <laughs> to use tons of metaphors and, and visuals there for you. So that's a new series. Plus, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar, I'm trying to read a book a month and I'm doing a book review at the end of every month of whatever book I read. Last month was How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball. That was January. That's a few episodes back. Go check it out. It's great. Or it would have been a go to the episode around the beginning of February. Great book. Go read it. This month I'm doing The Carnivore Diet by Paul Saladino, who I think is the best voice an advocate for a carnivore diet. I think a lot of times people just see that and think we just eat a bunch of steak, but he actually has a very holistic approach and nose to tail approach. It's very interesting. And, and he's very smart. You can tell he's not just somebody who's coming along and saying, eat me because it's good for you. He gets microbiologic in a lot of stuff. I don't know if it's an actual term, but he covers the microbiology and I don't understand a lot of the stuff that's going on. And I, I like to think I have a slight science slant. I by no means am a science expert, but uh, it's, it's going to be heavy. So the book review won't be as extensive because I can't, I don't understand everything as much. I'm not going to remember all the big words like glutathione and things like that, or sulforaphane or uh, was it the brassicus family, which is broccoli and kale, like things like that. It's it, his take is very contrarian, very interesting. It turns a lot of stuff on its head. And I think there's a lot of merit there and I'm trying it out. I'm not going full 100% carnivore on this and maybe I should, but I'm still allowing myself certain indulgences like ice creams and little sweet treats, but I am cutting way, 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 way back on them and really trying to go the carnivore diet. He also has a cookbook too which I think is extremely helpful because I think for me, that's the number one deterrent is I don't know how to cook or what I can cook or how to do this. And he has a whole cookbook breaking it down, giving you solid meal plan on what to eat and how to eat. And it's pretty incredible. So this Norwegian goodbye is definitely going to raise my average. So there's so much to talk about. Those are the announcements though. Book reviews, blessings born out of tragedies, and then along with your regular doses of weird. So if you want to come on the podcast, please let me know. You can contact the podcast. It's the rambling Viking at gmail.com. Also find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, it's the Rambling Viking podcast. So go check it out. Follow us there. It's where I'll post new episodes or new, any updates that we have, especially Instagram is the best place to follow. Oh, don't forget to go check out the Mead Hall. It is my new merch shop. It is only a few stickers, some basic stickers right now. They're only like a, a couple bucks a piece. Once you add in shipping, it's less than five bucks and you get some stickers. I think for like 25 bucks, I got like 10 stickers or something like that. So it's pretty good. But pretty cool stickers and go check them out. Get your sticker show off your Hanyak pride or your rambling Viking pride. Let the people know you are part of the Hanyak horde. And eventually, you know, we'll grow this out and we'll sponsor a bowl game. We'll have the Hanyak bowl and we'll bring everyone out and be at a great time. This might be 15 years, 20 years down the road, but we will keep that in goal in mind. So thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak horde. If you're new here, thank you for joining the Hanyak horde. Welcome. And as you know, it is now forever Tumble Puffs. It is not Dryer Sheets. Tumble Puffs is the correct name. It is the original name given to these things. And I think we should respect Conrad J. Geyser and his invention driven by the love for his wife to make her life easier. I can't emphasize that enough. To, uh, to, to honor his memory, we will call them Tumble Puffs. So... 
would love to start a dry sheet brand that's called Tumble Puffs. But yeah, that's that's what they are. So, all right, folks, that does it. We will see you here next week. Be on the lookout. We'll have that Carnivore Code book review coming in sometime next week. Ideally, we'll see. The last one took a little bit of time. Next month's book, if you want to join in with me or if you already have read it and want to send in your own personal thoughts, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. It's been long overdue. I know it's been a few years since it's written. And a lot of people have read it. I still have not read it, being a bit of a hanyuk about it, being like, I, I, I've heard some of the rules, and be like, yeah, this all sounds familiar, but I want to read it, get the in-depth review, because I think Jordan Peterson is doing a lot of good for a lot of people, because I think we have a, uh, we, we have a, a huge problem in today's culture of apathetic, unambitious, resentful men, sometimes myself included, and how do we build a culture of men who are ambitious, who are strong, who are good, who are loving you know, respectful and will drive the culture and the world forward and, and lead the world. I'm not sitting here. Don't take this as a misogynistic thing, but I think we do. That is, that is a big problem that we have today. And I hear about it too much. So I want to solve all the world's problem on this, on this podcast, apparently, but remember to keep praying for Ukraine and send in any and all thoughts. Or if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. We can have you on, make it happen. It's no problem at all. All right. This Norwegian goodbye is long overdue. Thank you so much for sticking with me this long. I'm so curious. Tell me about the moment that I said I'm going to close this out this podcast and then you glanced. What was your first thought when you saw how much time was left on this podcast? I want to know. DM me, email me, let me know. Send in a voice memo. Let me know what your thought was. We'll play them on Monday or Wednesday's episode next week, but please, please tell me. So that is it for this episode though. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to share this. Let's grow the Hanya Accord. But that does it here. We'll see you here next week for book review and more doses of weird. This is your head Hanyak signing off.